Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode six of You Talk. I'm Rob. That's Jay, and that's Calvin. Calvin is a political commentator and free speech activist from Nottingham, United Kingdom. He's a regular contributor to the Daily Telegraph and Daily Mail, as well as appearing frequently on talk radio and GB News. Leaving his job in teaching to become a video game journalist, Calvin has featured over 30 times in the Telegraph. Calvin, it's a pleasure to meet you and have you here on You Talk. Is there anything that I missed that you would want our listeners to know about yourself? No, no, that was a great introduction. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, fantastic. Uh, so I'm yeah, pleased to have you. Yeah, I'll begin simply. Do you believe that free speech still exists and is welcome in the UK and the Western world in general? It still exists, but it's under threat. I wouldn't say that it's welcome in the UK or the West in general. Um, just today, we've had news that Ofcom have identified new words that we need to be careful about using on broadcast. Karen. Uh, snowflake. <laughs> it's like for goodness sake. These words yeah. cause offence. Yes, they may cause offence. Of course, if someone's taking offence at the word snowflake, they are a snowflake. That is a <laughs> word. Um, the irony. Why is Karen offensive? Because Karens yeah. tend to get offended easily. <laughs> My auntie's called Karen. <laughs> Your poor aunt. Has, has anybody seen the movie Karen that, that was released? I think uh, a week or two ago. That, that was causing quite a lot of controversy because of the picture it painted of, of Karens, and I think there was generally uh, uh, disgust from all those uh, who who were called Karen. <laughs> the launch movie, and because it just kind of sort of like propagates that that image that all Karens are, you know, you know, bigoted and racist, and definitely uh, definitely didn't do much for the for the name. That's for sure. It's just these people that always want to see the manager, isn't it? It's the, it's the <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a nutshell. <laughs> I've just found out that I've uh, having another baby. My partner's pregnant. Oh, congratulations! Just, well, thank you very much. We don't know the gender. Don't call Karen. I'm tempted. I love I love winding people up. I think Karen Karen Thomas <laughs> is probably the quintessential Karen name as well. It's yeah, up there, isn't it? Karen There's Thomas. nothing wrong with Karen. And then Katie for sure. Perfect. That's uh, <laughs> Uh, we read articles where you said uh, where you have been called an extreme racist for showing up on the BBC The Big Question and giving them your opinion on uh, race and identity. Uh, how has that impacted your view on free speech, Calvin? Uh, it's really, really troubling because there's, there's an element in our society that thinks they have a revealed truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that they think they're right, it's that they, they know that they're right and they cannot be questioned and that's problematic because you can't debate with that. You can't argue with that. Uh, and they think that they're so in the right that anyone else who disagrees with them is not just in the wrong, but is evil or bad. Yeah. And that's where we're at. So I happen to think this is one of the greatest places in the world to live. I honestly do. I, I don't. Just, it's not just I happen to be born here. I choose to remain here. I choose to live here because I think it's wonderful. But many people disagree and think that this is a racist country. Uh, so I argue against that. I say, yes, there are elements of racism. Of course there are. We need to stop them out. But that does not make this a racist country. Mm-hmm. And when people say that Great Britain is racist, I say, okay, in comparison to what or where? Mm-hmm. Um, and because I say that, they say that I'm a racist. Um, and it comes down the lines that brown people should uh, vote left. Brown people should agree that this is a racist country. And brown people... 
uh, well, pretty much should know their place, is what they're saying, and because I don't know my place, that they are free to attack me with racial slurs. And again, they don't see the hypocrisy of their ways, but there's no way to hold a mirror up to them. There's no way to say, by calling me a coconut, saying I'm brown on the outside, white on the inside, mm -hmm. you are being racist, because you are saying there is a, a perceived blackness that I need to be, or a perceived black opinion that I need to have, or a black voice that I need to use. You don't understand that you're saying that but the colour of my skin is more than just the colour of my skin. You're saying it's characteristic that I need to adhere to. That is racism. Of course it is. Open yeah. I, I think, I think it's, it's, this is a good point to just bring up as well. Um, you know, that we, you know, we as, as you hive representatives of the, of the social network, you know, we, we neither, you know, endorse any, any sort of, you know, opinions, um, whether they be, you know, on, on this or on that. But what we're really talking about and what you've just hit the nail on the head with when, when you mentioned uh, debate, um, because that's that's what the Magna Carta Protocol, which is our, our what we what we call our decentralized moderation uh, platform, is all about, and, it, and it's it's about the the freedom to 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 you know publish your opinion on, on your social network on your social account, and and not be bullied into silence or not be be, be censored uh, in, in into silence or removed completely. Actually, as, as, as some individuals have seen, some quite helpful. Public figures have seen. We, you know, we're about um, you know engaging in conversations, keeping the content up on the social network, so it can be debated. I mean, if you um, if you remove somebody who posts something that's, that's you know a certain uh, group of individuals perceived as controversial or you know um, on the fence, uh, there you know there's no debate around it. Those individuals um, are just going to go to a different platform or they're going to go underground. Um, you know, and that's usually where these sorts of ne negative opinions, or at least, you know, what some group of people call negative opinions or negative thoughts about other individuals, they sort of fester and they grow. So we thought, well, that, that's just, you know, that's not constructive at all. Um, it, it, it's basically, uh, you know, it's basically taking away the rights of individuals to decide and choose. And, and that's why we launched our decentralized moderation. Um, I love that, Joe. I think it goes deeper than that. I think it's just about humility. Yeah, it's about having a humility to say, actually, I might be wrong on this. I'd love yes. to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me why you think I'm wrong, and then yeah. that's how you justify your opinion, your own opinion. Yeah. You validate it by actually thinking, no, I was right, and you are you are wrong. If you're yeah. so arrogant that you don't want to hear anyone else's opinion because you think you are absolutely right, that's something that people need to address. Yeah, and sort of, you know, sorry, Robert, like legacy social networks, big tech—they've they've, they've sort of weaponized censorship, yeah. and they've totally disabled that option for, for most people, whether you're you know left or right. Um, you know, you, you, if, if you remove the option for one person to either convince another person or for that person to at least um, present their point of view, uh, it's very, very dangerous. It's a very dangerous territory that, we, that, we're, that we're wandering into. I think it was Peter Hitchens that says, no matter what you think, you must always have the possibility that you're wrong yeah. in your head. Yeah. You've got to see yeah. it with an open mind. If you're going to commit something, there's a chance you're wrong. There's a chance we're yeah. wrong in our beliefs. Of yeah. course there is. And some people in today's society don't accept yeah. that they're wrong. And it's, it's troubling. Uh, my next question was going to be the abuse that you received. <laughs> Sorry to keep going on about the abuse, lot. Kelvin. <laughs> you're rubbing it in a bit, Rob. <laughs> you down. The abuse that you received, was it mostly seen online? I think I know the answer to this. Or were there yeah. also people that approached you in real life to express their anger towards you? Oh, both. both. Really? Yeah, yeah. Would, like, most of the time when people approach me in real life, it's to, to say, you know, thank you for saying what you say. I agree mm -hmm. with you. And... Thank you for voicing the opinion that I'm not able to or too scared to yeah. do publicly. So most of the people in real life are positive. But I have had people in real life, especially when I was with the Tory party, you know, on street stalls, 
calling me names such as house n-word and, and bounty mm -hmm. coconut and mm -hmm. coon and all these horrible things uh saying i'm working for or with my slave masters and just just having this narrow-minded perspective quite bigoted that that I could only have my opinions if either I'm paid to have my opinions or that someone gives me my opinions because they can't possibly be my own because of the color of my skin. Um, but it does, the vast majority of it is online. Uh, you know, so, sometimes I have to take a break from social media because it can be quite toxic. In, in that, yeah. But at the same time, I have fought quite hard to defend the people that are abusive towards me because I do believe in their free rights to express that yeah. is with me. I just wish that, that I was gonna that was the next question I was gonna ask you, but you know, you, you've just answered it, yeah. Well I just wish they'd be able to do it in a reasonable manner way and disagreeing well is a skill that we all need to learn. When you resort to ad hominems, you know, quite often they go down to how I look or how I do my hair or something really personal. It, to me it says they've lost the argument and they don't actually have any good points to back up their own opinion. That's that's flawed on their point. I think Peterson, uh, Peterson, sorry, always mentions it as well during his debates is one of the key ways to know if you're winning an argument, if they start abusing you for not your argument, but what you look like or how you speak, my moustache, for example, people, <laughs> it's fantastic. I grew up in November and uh, all my family said to me, uh, my first uh, child was born, they're like, you're ruining the baby pictures, Rob, you've got to shave it off. And I said, absolutely um, not. Keep yeah. it. Keep you're you're it. enhancing the pictures, Rob. Uh, thank you. I, yeah. I believe so too. I promise, Calvin, <laughs> this is the last question about the abuse. Okay. I promise. I absolutely promise. Uh, one thing uh, that we see very often today is that someone expresses an opinion in the contrary to the majority, and they often feel harassed to levels that include death threats. Uh, we've covered it. Like You've obviously have said that you've uh, had death threats. And do you think this is something that social media companies should tackle? Yes, but before I get to that, I think the question is slightly wrong. It's not people who speak out against the majority, it's people who speak out against the vocal minority. Yeah, yeah. It's a perceived majority because... I think, yeah, it's a perceived popular opinion that's not very that often is, is not the, the case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the loudest shouters. It's, it's never backed up by polls that suggest it is popular opinion. It's just, mm. you know, what's on Twitter, what's in the Westminster bubble tends to be seen as, as if you step outside of London, if you go up into the north or the Midlands and you speak to normal folk, they're not having the same conversations that is, is being had in Westminster or being had on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So we always need to remember that. But yes, big tech do need to answer this problem. But big tech have got so many questions they need to answer. The fact that, you know, the scariest thing for me was last year when Twitter banned a sitting president of the free world. To me, that's, that just is a stretching of their powers. It's demonstrating how much power they have. It's flexing their muscles and saying, mm -hmm. we are more powerful than the president of the United States Absolutely. of America. It's mm -hmm. bonkers because social media platforms are no longer just platforms. They are information highways. You know, they're where we get our news. They're where we communicate with each other. Yeah. They become more than just a platform. Uh, it's the marketplace, essentially, for ideas and thoughts and mm -hmm. opinion. And I, I, I found that really rather ironic as well that it was, Twitter was one of those, those social networks because, um, you know, I, th I think it was in 2019, um, Jack Dorsey actually announced that, that, that Twitter were going to launch a, a, a sort of a, a standard for de decentralization of content. Um, so they actually wanted to uh, encourage decentralization of content moderation and take, you know, certain powers away from, from big tech. Um, but then we saw, you know, what they did. They kind of contradicted that 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 you know that speech they made in 2019, and 
it's not gone off the ground. It was actually called Blue Sky was the um, was the the initiative, and nothing has gone off gone off the ground since then. Um, so we're actually quite proud that that, that we uh, we beat Twitter to the punch and we've launched our decentralized moderation, you know, as of two two days ago. They care more about their bottom lines, though. Than oh, cool. Absolutely, they're, they're driven by ad impressions and they're driven by advertisers' whims. Well, I thought um, Twitter didn't make any money for a long, long yes, time. Yeah. The business model doesn't necessarily work, and they've got to appease uh, the US government. And when, when the US government is saying, look, you need to decide if you're a platform or a publisher, they come out and they say these things, like you just said, but do they, do they actually follow through? Yeah. It's not just Twitter. We shouldn't just bang about Twitter. You know, Facebook no, 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 absolutely. Uh, just as bad with this kind of stuff. They censor people all the time for political reasons. We've mm -hmm. seen this over COVID. We weren't allowed to discuss the possibility that COVID came from a lab in Wuhan. We just weren't yeah. allowed. It was silenced, it was banned, it was censored. And now it just turns out it might be the most... Actually, yeah, they, back, they had to backtrack. Um, perfect example, yeah. Even I mean, that, that should have been... Well. Yeah, yeah, so the, the issue with, yeah, the issue with Palestine as well. Um, but sorry, just, just, just going back to the example of the, the, the Wuhan, which was considered a conspiracy theory, um, the, the Wuhan lab leak. Um, yeah. You know, had that been on, on uh, UHive at the time that we had the decentralized moderation, um, any posts that were picked up by the moderators, which is basically, you know, those who who uh, who apply to become a moderator and pass um, a very very simple but but quite clever uh, number of, of of tests that they have to sort of go through to become a moderator, much like Wikipedia does. Um, you know that those posts would have had annotations and and they wouldn't have been deleted. They would have been annotated. They perhaps would have asked for more reference. They perhaps would have asked for more more proof of the statements being made in those posts because and that that's actually what's active now on. Uh, on, on our decentralized uh, moderation platform, um, you know, and that—that's the way forward. Not not to remove and silence. Uh, so I'm for you guys then, because I, I believe yeah. decentralization. I think it can work, but also it can be problematic. So we can actually have yeah. a decentralized moderation system, and we've seen that the, you know it's very heavily politicized. Yes, my own personal Wikipedia page gets blocked quite often by the yeah. left, and they put very personal nasty stuff on there. Yeah, but because they have such uh, a mob mentality. Um, mm -hmm. They've got the numbers in their favour. It works. Yeah. How do you keep it fair and balanced? Well, we, we have a very complex algorithm, and we we had to keep the moderation process as simple as possible because we understand, you know, an individual's time is, is pretty valuable, and uh, you know, social media moderation is the kind of thing. It's not the kind, It's not similar to Wikipedia in that somebody, uh, an editor, may sit down and spend uh, half an hour or an hour on a single article. Um, social media moderators, they're going to be skimming through the social media posts, they're going to be picking up on posts that they think need moderation, and they want to be able to, you know, go through those those, those posts um, at a reasonable speed. So we kept the, the questions quite simple and the comment section um, quite brief, we've limited the word count, um, but basically we, we built an algorithm that sort of takes and weighs those answers um, uh, and, and the comments and, and, and picks out keywords of the comments that were made as well. And we also look at the individual social scale, which is something that is unique to, to new hybrid. It's almost like a, a credit score for, for a person, um, a trust pilot rating for, instead of for, for a business, but for a person. So we, we take a number of the answers, um, we weigh them, there's a formula that we, we build that basically will determine whose moderation has, has, a, has a greater weight than the others. So if there is this sort of, you know, like you said, mob mentality and, you know, and also moderators are 100% are, are anonymous, so it is actually very hard for a group to get together and decide to, to manipulate a post or, you know, like you said, politicize uh, on the network by taking group action to either 
uh, raise the profile of specific content so it appears at the top of individual speech or to lower and, and decrease the, uh, the prominence of, of um, anybody's post based on, on the views that they disagree with. So there's, there's a number of things that we've put into place to make it very difficult for, for that to happen. It's not perfect, it's not bulletproof. Um, we are still in beta. Um, at, you know, Wikipedia definitely had, you know, definitely had teasing problems um, as, as it developed o over the years. Um, but we do believe this is the, the, the start of something big. Um, and, and we are going to obviously uh, take into account users' feedback. We have a great support department as well. So if anybody does feel that they've been uh, the victim of, uh, you know, a, an organized attack on their content, you know, we can definitely look into that and try and sort that out, sort that out for them. But, but what we did is, you know, we, we tried to prevent, we put the, you know, barriers in place that will prevent that as much as possible because we do understand it, it can also be misused uh, and manipulated. But I think the greater good it will do, um, at least for for the time being until we, you know, we really perfect Hello? Well, thank you WeWork for my wonderfully quick internet cutting out there. Uh, we did have some more footage with Calvin, but unfortunately that has been lost because of uh, Adam Newman's brilliant um, company. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> leadership. Uh, well, his leadership is questionable at best of times. Um, anyway, uh, we did cover briefly with Calvin why the Magna Carta protocol on UHive is amazing and why it is big for social media and free speech in general. Jay, would you like to take that? Yeah, I think um, you know for those that aren't familiar with the Magna Carta, it was it was a, a charter that was written in, in the United Kingdom, you know, about eight hundred years ago, um, and, it, and it you know the, the aim of it was to sort of level the playing field between government, and monarchy, and sort of the people. Um, a, a great quote that kind of sums it up nicely was uh, was made by uh, one of the, the UK's ex prime ministers, David Cameron, and pig who, enthusiast, who sort of, and, pig. And, and and pig enthusiast, uh, very important to this context. <laughs> And then the, you know, basically the, it was a, the, the celebration, the anniversary of the of the, of the Magna Carta, you know, uh, coming into effect, and, and and he sort of said the Magna Carta is is still celebrated now because people see how the Great Charter shaped the world for the best part of a millennium, helping to promote arguments for justice and for freedom, and I just think that you know, perfectly sums up what what the Magna Carta Protocol as part of UHive is all about. Uh, you know, so it doesn't matter what what you camp you reside in, whether you're you're you know, um, you know, in the middle, you're right, you're left, you you know, you're you're a anti-vaxxer, you are a, a staunch supporter of the vaccine. You're, it, it really doesn't matter, and and you know, it, 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 as it shouldn't uh, for for anybody in any circumstances when it's it's about you know, uh, free speech and, and, and freedom of expression and being on a platform where you can. Um, publish your opinion and you can debate it and you can talk about it with other individuals and I think that's that's where promote arguments for justice sort of come in, 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 into play um, we know justice can be you know relative um, but I think we, we, if we focus on the you know the fact that, it, that the Magna Carta protocol really will promote debate it will promote arguments you know and ultimately we are looking for an end result that will um, you know, sort of be, be a, a volume level or a discoverability level for content that, that is basically decided upon by, by the community at large. Um, and, and obviously we want to give other individuals as well that are 
not sure you know what to believe or what what they themselves believe we want to give them the resources to be able to make an informed and educated decision about some of the content um, that they will see on you hive and other social networks for that matter much like wikipedia have done um you know wikipedia has been very important as as a sort of knowledge base and and a source for people to go for information about specific topics or you know what actually whatever it may be uh and, and it's and it's trusted in that sense it's not perfect the magna carta protocol is not perfect and we are working towards perfecting the the process but it but you know it never will we don't live in a perfect world um but as close to perfection as we can get when it comes to decentralized moderation is ultimately the magna carta protocol's aim and it's you hive's aim um you know we want people to understand that the, the, the content that they see on, on UHive as, as a social social metaverse, a social metaverse in the making, um, you know, that, that it, has been, it has been moderated, it has been uh, weighted by a number of moderators, uh, and there is some, some kind of credibility to the content. Uh, or if there's a lack of credibility, that is also uh, quite evident as well through the annotations through the the score, the social score of the one of the individual, sorry, who posted uh, the content in the first place. So they get an idea of, of you know how credible some some information is, and, and also that will give them give the users an idea of the type of content that they want to follow in the future as well. If they want content from this individual, because even though let's say for instance um, they posted something that was somewhat sort of you know controversial when it comes to a uh, COVID you know uh, conspiracy theory. If, if they like that type of content and if they are believers in those types of conspiracy theories, they can follow that individual and it's completely up to them. You know, there's that, that individual's content will remain on, on the social network. It will remain on the UHive. Uh, they won't be removed. They won't be censored. They won't be blocked or deleted like other social networks are doing. And, and then, then for those that, that, that sort of would perhaps fall prey to misinformation, until that content is removed, or if it's if it's ever removed on, on existing social networks, at least those individuals will have something to to look at in terms of, of you know to, to help them make up their mind about that content. Whereas without moderation, without annotations, without sorry decentralized moderation, uh, and and without sort of annotations as part of that moderation process or references, um, they would probably just believe that that content and they would just you know. Um, they would go along with it, whereas uh, with that content being on UHive after it's been moderated, uh, it will, you know, it will encourage them to to look a little bit further, dig a little deeper, uh, and, and maybe they'll decide that that content is is not something that they want to engage with and interact with in the future because they don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, so I think giving individuals that option, that choice, that freedom, the red pill is, yeah, it's, yeah, the red pill is, is is incredibly important. I think, you know, for those that want to. Uh, you know, re- remain um, sort of blinded to these sorts of things. You know, yeah, take take the blue pill for for you know, for all it's worth. Um, but I think the majority of individuals they they want to know. You know, they want to know the reality. Um, they they want to take that that red pill. They want to you know dive down the rabbit hole and and, and sort of you know f- make up their own mind ultimately about the type of content that they see on social uh, networks. And UHI's Magna Carta protocol is 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 going to power that. Um, and we're very very excited and. And, and, you know, we, we obviously um, we, we thank Calvin and, and uh, you know, told him how much we appreciate his his, uh, his efforts and, and, and his, you know, joining the podcast. He uh, would we say that he wants yeah. to thank you for joining the good fight as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we, we chatted afterwards and when we got the connection back and, and, you know, but we do just want to sort of emphasize that it was just fantastic having him on the show, um, having him on the podcast rather. And we do, you know, 
we, you know, we, we love what he stands for in terms of free speech, freedom of expression. And I think he was a perfect guest in, in that sense because he, he's sort of been, you know, um, at, the, at the behest of social networks and, and, and users and social networks uh, when, when it comes to trying to silence him or at least, um, you, know, you know, stop him from sort of, you know, putting his opinion out there, which I think is, is completely wrong. And I think for individuals that are, that are watching or listening to the podcast, you know, they're going to see that come across in, in the way that so he f- sort of fights for, for freedom of speech and freedom of expression. And, and that's, that is what the Magna Carta Protocol is, is all about, ultimately. Of course. Super quickly, if you did want to become a moderator for UHive, uh, yeah. website, uhive.com? uhive.com uh, forward slash moderator, um, uh, moderation rather, sorry. Uh, the link will be in the podcast description. Uh, there are, as we mentioned in the podcast, there are a, a, you know some a few, a few sets of criteria that you have to meet um, to be able to become a, a moderator. Uh, but it, 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 it's you know it's no more than, than you would do if you were to 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 want to become a moderator or an editor on Wikipedia, for instance. Uh, we're not asking anybody to jump over multiple hurdles, but it, you know obviously we, you know as mentioned in the podcast, we we do need to vet to an extent um, those individuals that are becoming moderators. But you know I mean. Bottom line is, yeah, anybody can apply. If you have a good social score on UHive, if you have uh, no reports on your content or your spaces, um, and even if you do, we will look at those in- reports in- individually, case by case. Uh, then, yeah, you you will you know you you will qualify most likely to become a moderator. Um, Wikipedia moderators uh, editors are pre-approved, so that that's something as well we didn't mention in the podcast. Um, but that is great out there for anybody who who is a Wikipedia moderator slash editor, um, you know, and you want to to do what you're doing on Wikipedia but on a social network, please apply, um, you know, and, and we will uh, we will add you to the to the to the team. Uh, it'd be fantastic. We've got some great podcasts coming up. We've got uh, Julian Burnett, um, NFT artist from Boston, and we've also got a crypto enthusiast, a crypto influencer, coming on the pod yeah. in the next coming shows. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, if yeah, you, yeah. So sorry, go on, Rob. Go on. I was going to say, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure that you uh, leave a comment supporting Calvin. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, cool, Jane. Any last words? Yeah, yeah I was actually just going to say, with regards to the to the crypto podcast, um, yeah, it's definitely something that we we've not really uh, focused heavily on up until now. Uh, we we are at, at six episodes in, um, but we yeah we we're very excited to have somebody on the podcast that's going to sort of talk about the the whole economy uh, and the digital economy and, and, and the crypto aspects. Of, big of name as well. Big, big, yeah, yeah, big name. Big, big name. Bit nervous about in it. The, in the crypto space, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I'm sure, you know, it, it's going to be very, very, very informative um, for our audience as well because a lot of, a lot of individuals on our, on our channels, whether it be uh, Discord or Reddit or Telegram, for instance, you know, are always asking a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff about, about the, the crypto, about you know where you hive token is going what's the you know the, the best utility cases for for you hive token if they're going to sort of pitch the token to, to their network uh, and i think we're going to cover you know basically all of that in great detail in the podcast so make sure you you tune into it we will subscribe be subscribe put yeah, the notification subscribe, absolutely notification hit, hit the subscribe button um and, and and the notification alert and you will know when that uh, podcast is published like and subscribe like and subscribe exactly. right then guys wraps it all up i think yeah i think so and uh, again thank you to 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 kelvin um uh, for being on the uh, on the podcast and you know we'll, we'll see you next time
Bye-bye!